Welcome to another Grief Talk Coffee Chat episode. I'm your host, Von Solis. Welcome to uh, coaching episode lesson 13, Finding Relief, Stepping Through to the Other Side. This is the last coaching episode in the Beyond Bereavement series, and I thank you for any of those who have stayed with me through the entirety of the 13 lessons. Uh, This is going to bring it all home for you. So in the last coaching episode on gratitude, equals joy equals more gratitude, lesson 12. You can't feel relief without feeling some kind of gratitude. So relief feels like a respite from anything that is feeling burdensome, distressing, or unpleasant for us, no matter how small or big. It instantly changes our energy to feel more joy, comfort, and gratitude. So I didn't really know the importance of relief until I was working with a cognitive therapist and was told to incorporate it as part of my healing practice. So I had to think a little bit about uh, what relief meant to me and how I was going to find it going about my daily life. At that time, I was on a disability. I had a lot of time at home to pick and choose what I wanted to do, how I wanted to fill my time. And the moment I started making choices based entirely on what would feel the most comforting, uh, you know, that would bring me the most relief in that moment. That's how I made my choices. Of course, uh, when we're working and uh, having, you know, to meet all sorts of obligations, uh, we have to modify how we adopt the practice of bringing relief into our life a little bit differently and maybe only snatching moments of it. But the results are still the same. The more that you can identify those things in your life that are going to um, bring you the feeling of relief, no matter for how long, the more you will become in tune with your body and make choices on how you want to feel and be in that particular moment. And I would encourage you uh, in terms of thinking about relief uh, in small wins, moments, an hour, hours, a day, um, because we're obviously uh, going to be creating these periods of relief when things are challenging us that feel distressing, uncomfortable, uh, unpleasant, and, and burdensome. But the, the more we recognize those feelings in us and going, what would I do? What could I do differently in this moment? Even if it's changing your thoughts, that will bring me some relief the more you're going to experience bigger wins and longer periods of relief. But first, what is stepping to the other side? This lesson is called Finding Relief, Stepping Through to the Other Side. So a little bit about that, uh, if you're familiar with the term, you know, we don't hear it that often, but people will see on the other side. I first heard it when I went on disability And I had to leave my then job. I was working four days a week. And um, ultimately at that point, I was working all four of them at home. And this was pre-pandemic. This was back in uh, about 2015. And my then manager said to me, as I was carting the last of my, uh, you know, things out of my office, see on the other side. And I had no clue what he meant. And I just sort of, okay. 
And I thought about that basically all the way home. And I thought, what, it, what does that mean, stepping through to the other side? And I hadn't yet um, gotten in touch with this practice of, of finding relief in my life. So my head was pretty muddled. My mind was pretty muddled with um, the anxiety, the, the, the stress, and um, the whole reason for my disability, uh, which was rooted in, uh, you know, living with PTSD. And um, it made me think quite a bit uh, about what I wasn't getting about understanding what the other side was. What did it look like? How would I know? How would I even know if I got to the other side? But most importantly, what, what was it going to be for me? So this journey took me through understanding that uh, because my mind was so muddied and because I couldn't envision uh, any outcome for my future. I was having a lot of trouble intending uh, things for my life at the time. Basically, I was surviving living one day at the time. I just had to trust the process and go with uh, whatever was happening with me on a daily basis in that early period of disability and just have the faith that the journey was going to take me where ultimately I needed to go and I would recognize I had reached the other side and it did happen for me. So one of the things I found that was very important to my healing journey at the time, which was about 10 years uh, after the uh, suicide of my daughter, who was 22, uh, when she took her life in 2005, was being able to start with taking stock of all of my accomplishments, past, present, and um, uh, having the confidence, if you will, the faith that I could um, create uh, those same types of com- of accomplishments or, and, and, and even more going into the future. And this is very important because if we know what we're capable of, it makes it a lot easier to intend and manifest changes in our life. It's very important to be in tune with your body, with your mind, with your emotions to understand what you're capable of doing and uh, bringing into your life at at any given time in bereavement and in any other kind of adversity in your life and uh, understand everything that's uh, going to be required of you when you need to step up to the plate, when you do create more responsibility, bigger changes, really more of anything in your life. So being able to start with uh, being cognizant of the choices that you're making that will always bring you the greatest amount of relief And of course, as I said, this is especially terrific when you have the time to really decide this all day long because you only have yourself to answer to. Uh, I'm telling you, this will actually help you uh, if you are having problems intending or you don't even have an intention practice, uh, will help you very quickly start to regain the skills that you need and the mindset you need Uh, to trust in your ability to have the life that you want, that you can embrace the life that you want at any given moment in your your healing journey. And speaking of journey, the process of change actually is the journey. It's not the outcome itself. And I think that is key to remember in any transformational process. Change is never the outcome of anything that you may desire or even be chasing. Sometimes change requires that we have to take a bigger risk than we are comfortable uh, with taking. So that's why change 
um, isn't as easy. And when you uh, look at all the manifestation practices that are out there, they're all good. They're, they're great. Anything that is teaching uh, us to change our mindset, embrace new ideas, uh, build our confidence, build our trust, you know, uh, try new things, uh, embellish our skills and so on. Ultimately, not be afraid of being more than we are today. A lot of it uh, requires us to, to go into the unknown. Um, in fact, almost all of it requires us to step into the unknown and uh, take some risks. So you have to be aware of how willing you are to decide your own level of adversity you may be facing when it comes to any risk associated with change, big or small. And often, uh, in the unforeseen in terms of quote, unquote, what the universe is going to deliver to us, which may be a lot different than what we've been actually asking for or imagining in our mind. So how do you do this? Well, what I'll just call here, your inner radar is your best guide. And that is listening to your heart, listening to your gut instinct, neither which will steer you in the wrong direction. It's also being in tune with your mind, body, and spirit at all times. So going back to my period of disability uh, as an example, that was one of the riskiest things I had to do in my life, uh, in my uh, bereavement, and I had been putting it off. The more I had reduced my hours, reduced, um, you know, going into the office until I reached a point essentially where disability was the only thing left for me. I was terrified because I, you know, was unsure if the claim was going to be approved. It felt like an enormous mountain to have to do the paperwork, the application, go to all the doctor visits and so on. And um, ultimately, not having a clue what was going to come out of all of this experience. What was I going to do at the end of it? Because it did have a finite period. What was going to be required of me to change in my life, given that I couldn't really dream or imagine uh, a future for myself. So it was really, really scary and risky for me to jump off that cliff. And I'm sure you have felt scared too and feeling at great risk when any kind of decision is forcing you to make a change in your life that feels like jumping off the cliff. So what did I do? Well, and here's what you can do too. I started with just the littlest decisions each day that brought me relief. It could be as simple as choosing what Netflix show do you want to watch today? Do you want to watch Netflix? Do you want to read? Do you want to, you know, do this? Do you want to do that? It didn't matter. The overwhelming theme at that period in my life, and I said going back to 2015 um, and into 2016, was that my home was my safe harbor and almost everything I did uh, revolved around wanting to feel safe within my four walls, uh, except for going out to these medical appointments that I had to frequently do in order to uh, satisfy the insurance company, quite frankly. So because I couldn't dream big, imagine big, you know, all I was concerned with was getting through each day. I tried to make myself feel as comfortable and as uh, relieved in everything I was doing. And in turn, it really helped me savor every moment that, you know, sip of tea. I was just grateful for 
everything that was happening and the fact that I was even in a position that I could be receiving um, money to actually be home in this healing period for me. So I was actually very grateful for my disability period, quite frankly. Taught me a lot. So the more that you bring a practice of relief into your life, the more you are going to trust yourself that you can make bigger decisions. Um, It basically clears your mind. Feeling relieved clears your mind. Think about the last time or, and if, and if you, if this really hasn't happened for you, just imagine this for a moment. Say you're really worried about something, pick, pick something that you, you last worried about, or you are worried about today. And imagine, think about a solution because we can all imagine solutions. If we think about them, that would bring you the greatest relief and just sit with, with what that would feel like. Now, the problem with this is that a lot of people, and myself uh, previously included, when I was faced with a problem, and living with PTSD is all about a game of survival, day in, day out, 24-7. Your mind is always in survival mode. So you're bound to see problems. Anything that is challenging you, causing you discomfort, despair, unpleasantness, distress, you're, you're in survival mode. So pushing away when we, when we can't see what we think is the only solution or outcome to take away that pain, because all of that stuff is pain, right? We don't feel it's possible to feel anything other than the pain, the distress, the unpleasantness, and the discomfort. So imagining just for a moment that you could actually create some form of relief for whatever's going on in that particular time and situation, you can, your brain can come up and your mind can come up with a solution. And then feeling that, what that would bring you, what the relief would feel like in that moment. And it might even be resolving you know, secondary issues related to this first initial worry or problem or discomfort. Sit with that. Sit with that and trust yourself that you can find a solution, even if it's a partial one to start with, to start feeling relief. I'm not going to give examples here because there's just too many but start with the smallest ones that you know you can switch something up that will be more relieving for you, even if it's just sort of a Band-Aid effect to start with today. Uh, in my case, in, in terms of the work, it was becoming increasingly more difficult for me to go out of the home and go work for somebody else. Um, so I would put a work accommodations in place year after year after year until I, as I said, I reached that disability point, which required a whole new level of trust in myself to go through a really major transformation. Just start with the small stuff. It will bring you the ability, as I said earlier, to start making clearer choices for everything in your life that will feel like a relief for you. It will teach you how to be more decisive uh, more quickly. And the more calm and the less obsessive and worried you are about anything in your life, 
as this transformation that you allow a practice of relief to to uh, create in your life, the more in touch you become with who you really are, your place of personal power, and the ability you have to create what you want in your life step by step, even when you don't know how things are going to unfold. It doesn't matter. You trust. And that is the process of change. Knowing what to prioritize in your life and when and why. And it's a practice I continue to this day. Now, in any good manifestation practice, and while this isn't totally based on a manifestation practice, what I'm talking about today, finding relief, basically it goes hand in hand. If you're looking for relief, you're manifesting some kind of change in your life, even if it is just to feel calm and stress-free uh, you know, free of stress, worry, and anxiety, and free of a free of, free of a problem, that's manifesting change. So staying in the flow is something you'd often hear. Eh, stay in the flow. Let the universe deliver to you. Stay in the flow. Have your energy, high vibration, high energy, which all comes from positive emotions, positive actions, positive outlook, etc. But we can't always be like that. And we certainly can't always be like that when we are in uh, major adversity and, uh, you know, bereavement, which goes hand in hand, of course, anything else, any, any struggle. And the last thing you want to want to really be telling yourself is be positive, be positive, because trying to force yourself to think a certain way never works. So, uh, What happens when you can't stay in the flow with this? Here are five tips. Just allow whatever you're trying to change in your life to unfold in its own way and time. Focus on just feeling relieved, okay? The more you do uh, have a manifestation practice or just simply want to take charge of your life, the more that you'll change your life. So let things unfold in their own way and time. Number two is take action as you feel nudged to. You know, the universe, anything you believe in, nobody's going to throw opportunities and the whole package in your lap. You will get opportunities, but every one of them is going to require you to take action of some sort. So take it when you feel nudged even if you have to modify what type of action this is that you're going to take. It shows the universe, it shows yourself that you are willing. You are a willing participant in your life. And that's huge in in manifesting change. Number three, remember to trust your heart and gut. It will never steer you wrong. Uh, If you don't believe that, if you really think back to any situation, if you're making a decision and something is nudging you, that's like feels totally wrong, or even moderately wrong, sit and listen. Uh, You could even, you know, wait a day or in some bigger decisions, a period of a week, 30 days, whatever it is, uh, that period of time. But listen to what your gut and heart are telling you because your body will not lie to you when something isn't going to be the best choice for a better outcome. Number four is know the difference between ego-based desires and desires that are authentic. And while I'm not going to go into that here, the uh, entirety of my online course will teach you how to tell the difference uh, between this because uh, authentic choices will not steer you wrong either. It, It goes hand in hand with heart and gut, but heart and gut 
take us to our authenticity. Ego does not. And by the way, there's a lot of pressures in the world that uh, force us, challenge us, influence us to make decisions based on what we think is expected of us, either from within or uh, from external, uh, you know, um, situations, our relationships and so on. And if you really think about it, any decision you've made that has taken you or is taking you down a path that feels completely out of alignment with who you are, um, if you really admit it to yourself, you'll know that you knew it from a certain moment. Lastly, number five is when you are feeling challenged, be willing to get the lesson. It's key to remember that whenever you're feeling anxious, worried, um, you know, obsessed with something, it is your mind and body's way of telling you that you are out of alignment. Now, not one of us, well, Maybe there's someone out there, but I have yet to meet the person that can stay completely aligned every moment of every day. Things challenge us, things stress us, things worry us. And that's not the point. The point of this is not to never feel any of that. The point is to have the tools in your toolbox to be able to get yourself back to center and get yourself back as quickly as possible to that place where you feel calm, comfortable, and safe. Relieved. Your key takeaway in this lesson is all change stems from the predominant mindset that we're functioning from that influences what we are thinking, doing, and how we are behaving. And this is something you definitely have the power to change anytime. I do invite anybody that uh, does want to sign up for the course to uh, check it out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time.